matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the one and only Larry Dwyer of the Connecticut Cult Classics, Connecticut Horror Fest, and the Horror News Network. He also used to play in a couple legendary bands, which we'll talk about in the interview. But before we get to that, I just want to say make sure you go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out a couple of my favorite podcasts, like the Moth Boys podcast, the guys over at the Terra Twins podcast, and the guys over at Fright Vision. So thanks again, and here's the interview. How's it going, man? What's up, dude? Same old, same old. Thanks for coming back on. Sorry we got to go over some of the same topics, but uh, it'll still be fun. Hey, it happens, man. I'd, uh, I'd give you shit, but I know what you're going through right now. So. <laughs> no, I definitely but, appreciate that for sure. Yeah. So if you don't mind, before we get into the stuff you do with horror now, let's kind of go through, you know, a little bit of your music career. If you don't you know, mind giving me a brief, just a briefing on it, you know? Yeah, sure, man. Well, I mean, for me, like, I guess I was kind of a late bloomer in music in general, which is which is weird because both my parents were musicians um, yeah. and, and I had an older brother who, who loved music and introduced me to, uh, you know, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Kiss, took me to my first Kiss concert in 79. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, man, it was Kiss and Judas Priest on the Dynasty tour. <laughs> Fucking amazing. But as far as playing music, like sophomore year in high school, me and my cousin Dave were just hanging out at the lunch table and we're like, oh, let's start a band. And I'm like, great idea. What do you play? He's like, nothing. <laughs> He's like, what do you play? I'm like, nothing. So we both got guitars, um, started trying to learn how to play. He realized I was getting better faster on guitar than he was. So he ditched the guitar and asked his dad to get him some uh, some drums. Okay. Um, and then me and him just, you know, played in his basement in Bridgeport, Connecticut forever. Uh you know, playing Sepultura songs, early biohazard stuff, uh, you know, um, sick of it all. And uh, then uh, he joined a band called Frostbite, which was a hardcore band with Boulder and uh, a lot of people from the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, They played a lot of shows with like Josta 14. It was like those early Connecticut hardcore days. Um, And then Josta 14, uh, Jamie left Josta 14, frostbite broke up and jamie and dave were always talking about starting a band up yeah so dave's like yo i'll call my cousin he'll play guitar for us and uh and that band was hatebreed um hell yeah and they they called me up one day um just on the phone and jamie was like yo do you want to be in a band and if i remember i think we wrote our first song severed on the phone like i just had my guitar and like Dave was like, do this. And like, I just started playing something that kind of sounded a little bit like Jesus saves from Slayer, oh, uh, yeah. like a cross between that and like, like some, uh, some integrity kind of riff. Yeah. Um, and then we just got rolling from there. That was like, uh, that was like mid, mid to late 94. All those practices still in my cousin's dusty ass basement in Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. Um, we got BD on bass who was also in frostbite with Dave. And the original lineup uh, had this dude, John, on second guitar, but 
he quit before the first show. So the first show was actually just me. And then Wayne was at the first show and was like, yo, let me join. And we were like, yeah, absolutely. So Wayne joined up in the band. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how Hatebreed started. I was in that band for a few years, um, but I also had a job and mm. kind of, you know, touring constantly. And I ended up quitting a really good job for a tour that never happened. And I was just like, yo, fuck this. I can't do this no more. Yeah. Um, so I left the band and then got, got in with this band, well, formed and got in with this band called Two by Four, which uh, at that time, Wayne had also already left Hatebreed and so had Dave. Mm. Um, so we kind of formed this band Two by Four with my buddy Daryl Petway and uh, Dennis Habs uh, out here, kind of like beatdown style. Um, we really only put out a, like a demo. We did a split, I think, with Push Button Warfare. And then like a uh, full seven inch. And that was, that was really it. We were just together for like, maybe like a year or two. Mm. Um, played some dope shows though. Played with like prong, like random prong show, which was awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, I love that like fucking metal uh, thrash stuff. And then like 98, my buddy Aaron was looking to put together a band. And he got Boulder, who was still in Hatebreed at that time um he got this dude cj on guitar jamie who was still playing drums in hatebreed at that time you know boulder and jamie were on the satisfaction uh release mm. um and they were like yo we're starting this band death threat and they're like why don't you join up and i'm like well you guys already got two guitarists what the fuck am i gonna do and yeah. they're, they're like why don't you play bass i'm like well there's something i've never done before <laughs> and funny story about that i'm left-handed and I didn't have a bass because why the fuck would I have a bass? I'm a guitar player. That's all I've ever played. Yeah. Um, while we were writing everything and getting ready for our first show, we just, all the practices were three guitars, a singer and a drummer. I never had a bass. I would just like play the bass lines on a guitar. I yeah. didn't get a left-handed bass until the day of our first show. <laughs> like the first show i'm just like yo guys i still don't have a bass and uh reached out to this kid shane's like yo my brother's got a left-handed bass you want to use it i'm like bring that shit over fucking <laughs> and that became the first bass so then uh i was in uh i was in death threat god for uh well we did the uh the demo and last days um and then i left death threat literally like right before we recorded peace and security okay. um i'd written some stuff on it i got some writing credits but at that time you know it was it always came down to like work shit for me like mm. um, you know i had to pay rent i had bills to pay so i ended up just not being able to do it anymore then around 2008 um me and my cousin dave and Maddie McIntosh, who was in Hatebreed also at the Satisfaction era. Yeah. Sean, uh, Sean Brickley from Pale Horse and uh, Pete Morrissey from 100 Demons formed this oh, band. Yeah. We formed this band called Ig, mm -hmm. which was, uh, I don't even, it's like punk, uh, like rock and roll and punk and a little hardcore. Kind of hard to explain. Yeah. Um, but really like up-tempo, fun fucking music. Um, we, we put out a demo uh, I think really think that was it. The demo only had like maybe four originals, like three covers, two or three covers. Mm. I know we did some negative approach on it. We did some, uh, did we do the meat? I know we covered the meat men live. I don't remember if we recorded it. 
Yeah. Um, but it was just really like, that was like, that came out of like, yo, let's have some fun. Like we never toured, we played, you know, some local shows. I don't even know if we ever played out of state at all. Yeah. It was just, you know, some friends wanted to play and that morphed into literally, I think 11 years straight of doing a Misfits tribute show every Halloween. Like, oh yeah. It, yeah. This band, like, like we just called it the egg fist. We were like, yo, fucking let's just play like, like 11 years ago, we were like, let's do a Halloween show and just play Misfits songs. Cause I mean, whose favorite band is not the Misfits. I, yeah. you know, I, really. So like we got to, we just fucking learned literally 40 Misfits songs. I think like we play almost every old fucking Misfits song and it was such a huge party that we've fucking done it every year for 10 years straight. Oh, yeah. um, and what we do is like, we'll have like two or three other bands play and like all like local hardcore or punk bands. But the one rule is they can't play their own shit. They're yeah. only allowed to cover another band. Like this is not, you know, originals night. This is a fucking party. So we've had <laughs> like, we've had bands do uh, Sam Hain, uh, bands do the sex pistols, bands do life of agony, uh, bands do youth of today uh chromags um last year we had a band do fucking did they do jimmy world like like all all types of shit yeah it was dope yeah. uh um uh what's his name uh from fucking uh call it arson uh he did the jimmy world thing but we've had some and it's always dope like it's it's like great to see like your friends like hardcore bands like doing cover shit like yeah we're like, yo, yeah, you can fucking play, but you're not playing your songs. Learn, you know, pretend to be another band for one night. Uh, we had this uh, this local band do Gigi Allen. Dude came out with a fucking diaper throwing fake poop everywhere. <laughs> oh, it was incredible, man. It's like, it's the best Halloween party. Unfortunately, uh, this is the first year in like 11 years we're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. You know, just with the COVID restrictions, we can't obviously pack 200 people into a bar and throw fake shit at each other tonight, so. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'll be honest. I've always kind of had a uh, like a small dream of wanting to do a Lamb of God cover. Uh, set. That would be great. Like Yo, early come Lamb out of to, God. Come out to Connecticut next October. We'll have you on the fucking bill. Yeah, that I got you. Be, yeah, that would be awesome, man. It's always like I'm always thinking like I always want to do another band. Like mm. it's I never want to the night of like because it's so fucking taxing playing like 40 fucking songs at the end yeah. of the night. But like leading up to it, I'm always like, yo, I should front like an SOD band like mm. and, and open up for us or I should do uh, dude. one night. We had um, uh, Dave. Dave pulled double duty and did uh, a King Diamond with our friend Alessandra. This girl singing. They called it Queen Diamond. Fucking incredible. <laughs> incredible dude it was uh it's, it's just so much fun it's like so much fun like pretending to be like another band for one night so yeah man come out and do lamb of god that'd be fucking awesome we'll put you on the bill hell yeah i also had a, another idea to do like some uh, early 2000s pop punk but speed it up and play it, <laughs> play it like real punk like play damn it like 30 beats per minute faster and just yell the words and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome man that's that's the kind of shit it's about we had uh uh, our buddy Andreas did uh, a full set of Oi songs, mm. but with classical instruments. He fucking played piano and his girlfriend played violin and this other dude on cello. It was all Oi, <laughs> but on fucking classical instruments. It was insane, like completely insane. And you're yeah. just like, it's like all about sitting there for a minute and trying to figure out what song this is. You're like, hold on, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's like fucking 15 pints and I'm still standing by Force Reality. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah dude it's just it's a fucking it's a party and that's kind of 
that's kind of like where we all are in our lives. Like, you know, like, like um, this past summer, I did a couple death threat shows. First shows I've played out of state since probably like 2000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron called up and was like, yo, I want to do some, I want to do some shows uh, with the original lineup to, to commemorate last days. Cause it was like 20 years of last days, which blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so we did like riot fest in Chicago. We did, this is hardcore in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a Connecticut show. Cause of course we're going to, you know, we got to play our own home state. Right. Yeah. Um, we were supposed to do the Black and Blue Bowl in uh, in New York with Burn and fucking Gorilla Biscuits and AF and sick of it all, but COVID hit, um, so they pushed that out. I think, I think it's currently March of next year. Okay. So that, I mean, that's going to be dope. That's it's like a it's like literally like a list of like who's who in old school hardcore, and I'm mm. psyched because I've never played with Burn. I've seen Burn but I never got to play with burn. So I'm like fucking super, I, which this is hardcore. I'd never, I'd never play with the grill biscuits. Yeah. And we went on, like, I think, I think we were like three, three or four bands before Gorilla biscuits. So it was just like, it was insane. And fucking Walter was standing there and was like, yo, great set. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like you're telling me great set. You're <laughs> a God, man. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> like it's fucking Walter dude. Quicksand. You're like the best. And where did, uh, where's that tour going to be at? You said, that show is uh, New York City. Oh yeah, the, sh- the show. Yep. Okay, you said yep. black and blue. Uh... Black and blue, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's New York City. Um, oh, yeah. Like I said, it was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be like uh, July or August of this year, and uh, obviously New York yeah. City's not fucking gonna do that. So right now, I think it's tentatively scheduled for March 2021. If we're all still here, who the fuck knows. Yeah, it might go in uh, contagion style on us, but. Why, you know what, dude? I wouldn't be surprised if this fucking isn't like the whole West Coast on fire right now or something because of a fucking uh, like a baby announcement or something. Yeah, I, like a gender reveal or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what's going on in the world right now. It's so crazy. No, that shit is insane. But uh, we can go on to like what you do in the horror world now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that stuff, you know, where did you really start with that? And, uh, you know, yep. where is it now? Dude, horror for me started way before me playing music. Um, yeah. Growing up, my parents, uh, like a, like most of my friends, didn't we didn't have money. Like, you know, we never, you know, I like see people in fucking school going on vacation, going like to Disney and shit like that. Mm. I didn't go to Disney until I was married. Like I fucking, we never went on any vacations when I was a kid. My parents didn't have money for anything like that. Yeah. But what they did have and what we did do, not, this is no fucking exaggeration. Almost every goddamn weekend was go to the drive-in. Hell we yeah. had, we had a uh, local drive-in in Bridgeport. Um, we had a drive-in in, uh, I think we had two in Bridgeport. We yeah. have one right up in uh, Orange, Connecticut, which is only like 15, 20 minutes away from Bridgeport. So there was like in the in the 70s and early 80s, there were drive-ins around here. Now there's mm-hmm. not. But uh, every weekend, my mother would make like like a meal, like she'd make like some fucking sandwiches or some grinders or whatever and uh, pack us up and we would go to the drive-in because it was cheap as hell. Um, they would usually show like two movies. First movie would be something like, you know, like Superman or something like Indiana Jones or whatever. Yeah. And the second movie would be like fucking Blood Beach or Motel Hell. 
And that was my introduction to, to horror, man, sitting in that car in the drive-in when I was like four years old, five years old, watching Dawn of the Dead and watching fucking, uh, like I said, Mother's Day. I saw Blood Beach at the drive-in. I saw everything, dude. Like, yeah. I got to see like all those late 70s, early 80s flicks um, on that big screen. And always, like I tell, the, I tell the stories now, it always cracks me up. Like my mother would let me watch the dude's head blow up in scanners, but you know as soon as a titty came on the screen she'd be throwing her arm back trying to cover <laughs> up my eyes like <laughs> my mom was the same as that yeah exactly just she didn't care like i could watch somebody get stabbed through the eyeball you know but as soon as, as soon as uh, some kind of naked girl came on it was just you know she was trying to cover me up but i would always uh i would pretend to be asleep but i would be like watching between like the space between my dad's seat and the door like <laughs> just like watching the screen and shit um and that was my introduction into horror and uh and i've just i've loved it ever since that was like four or like i said like four years old five years old mm. um i found out about horror conventions like in the late 80s and uh my buddy ronnie took me to fangoria's weekend of horrors in new york city hell yeah and uh that was i think 80 it was 88 or 89 was my first convention yeah and it was uh sam raimi bruce campbell clive barker robert england like everybody and the thing i'm sure you've been at conventions right like <laughs> oh yeah definitely. back then this blows people's minds when i tell them that you didn't have to pay for autographs or pictures the studios sent them there to promote their new movies yeah. sam sam raimi had dark man coming out Fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Clive Barker had Nightbreed coming out. So it was him and Doug Bradley. Yeah. Um, you know, Bruce Campbell had a role in, a small role in Dark Man, and he was Sam Raimi's boy, so he bought him with him. Oh, um, yeah. Danielle Harris was there. She was like 11 years old, but Halloween 4 was coming out. So yeah. the studios would send them to a Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors to, to promote the upcoming movies. So all you had to do was stand online and you just get a picture with them or get an autograph or whatever. Yeah. Um, blows people's minds when I tell them that. Cause you know, now autographs, you want some autographs or you want a picture with somebody you're, you know, you're paying that money. Yeah. Um, Real quick before we go on from that, I will say that uh, when I was younger, my dad would take me to some car shows and stuff and there mm -hmm. would be some people there. And I remember only waiting in line for like pictures and autographs from like, I have an autograph from Sable, the wrestler. Oh yeah. 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 So uh, like we just waited in line to get her autograph. I remember meeting a few of the guys from a Christmas story at a car show. Oh, and shit. It, it was back like right before, like, I guess, you know, the charging thing really started happening and stuff. Yep. The, the car and show would pay them to get people to come. Exactly. To the car show type thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but then somewhere around the way it turned into, and listen, I don't blame them. If yeah. they're, you know, shit. I mean, you know, if you can make money, why the hell not make money? You know, um, yeah, 100% for sure. So, yeah. So now it's become, you know, it's become more of a business. Um, you know, during that whole time, uh, I, I would go to these conventions uh, in the in the late 80s, early 90s, um, always followed horror and everything. And back like almost 10 years ago, these uh, this couple, Robin Christine from uh, from right, from right here in Connecticut. I didn't know at that time that they were in Connecticut, but they had a site called Horror News Network, mm. and uh, they reached out to me from my friend Sean, who was a writer for them, and we're like, "Yeah, well, you know, we'd like to meet you." Sean said that you're into horror, and uh, you know, if you if you can write okay, you know, we, we're looking for some people to review some shit, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, you know, let's 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 get together and meet." And that's how I started writing for Horror News Network, who I still write for. That was like almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, 
Rob had started that like, I don't, like almost 20 years ago as comicmonsters.com. Mm-hmm. It was the first, I think like the first or one of the first websites devoted to horror comics. Cause yeah. that's, that's his thing. Like he fucking loves horror comics. Like, like I remember he was telling me that he interviewed Robert Kirkman, like, like when the comic first started, like when the walking yeah. dead comic and like Kirkman got mad at him cause he called it a, a horror comic. He's like, it's not horror. It's about people. Whatever. Stop <laughs> fucking stop being angry. Um, even with their brain showing <laughs> yeah exactly it's fucking zombies dude just yeah. stop so yeah these i started writing for horror news network and you know we always try to think of like different ways to like do cool shit especially for our like local community like how do we yeah. like you know because it's it's not this isn't new york city this isn't boston you know we're in between it's connecticut there's not a ton of shit that goes on here monster mania had one convention here like 10 years ago and that was it they they did a one and done they pulled out they couldn't really draw people yeah. so we were kind of always thinking of like what if we what if we did a convention like 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 how would that work um rob and christine decided one day to just fucking to go for it um and we were like let's uh you know i call i i actually came up with the name connecticut horror fest um christine really hit the ground running like calling people trying to get guests and everything yeah um we tried to keep it small because we didn't know what the hell it was going to be um you know how many people were going to show up or whatever um but it was a success even though our big star you know we had one like we, we had a, a bunch of like cool guests. Don't get me wrong. We had a uh, irony singleton, the dude who played T dog on the walking dead. Oh, yeah. um, we had uh, Gary Clark from days of the dead, Tony Moran who played Michael Myers in like one scene. Yeah. Uh, Ari Lehman who played uh, little Jason in the original Friday the 13th. Oh yeah. Um, that's actually my child's name is Ari. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's and awesome. We got, and we got married on Friday the 13th. So oh, well of... then yeah, it has to be Ari. Why the hell wouldn't it? So, but our big guest, like our headliner was, uh, we, we had Linda Blair from the exorcist, Yeah, which is super cool because Linda Blair is from Connecticut. She's from fucking oh, yeah. like Westport, Connecticut. So we were like, yo, that's a great angle. Like we're bringing Linda Blair back to Connecticut for Connecticut horror fest. The first year she canceled the day before the event, man. Like we were like, holy shit. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like yeah. her, she said her dog had some, she's like a big animal rescue person like she like i think she's even a vegan like just huge into like animal rescue and stuff so anyway she canceled and we were like what the fuck what's gonna happen it was still a blast it was still a success and you know we run it uh last year was our sixth year straight Mm. of doing this um we're in a gigantic build we went we went from like a small ballroom in a hotel to like a gigantic fucking uh building that we rent out last year we had like the whole cast from like saw Hell yeah. uh, david naughton the whole every cenobite from hellraiser we had a huge cast this year again got canceled it was supposed to actually be two days ago it was supposed to be on september 12th yeah so and it would be yeah. lined down pretty much <laughs> oh yeah i'd still be probably in bed right now if uh Cause it is, it's a lot, dude. Run even, we only do a one day show, you know, yeah. most conventions are three days. Most, most run Friday through Sunday. We only run a one day show and it's exhausting. Like I couldn't yeah. imagine these dudes who, who run a three day show, but you know, with what's going on, we, uh, we couldn't do it this year. We ended up canceling. I mean, Christine and Rob were smart about it. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I was like, you know, we'll be fine by fucking September. This was like back in like 
April, maybe like May, and they're like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna pull the plug now." We're like, "It doesn't it doesn't look good." Yeah. And they were right. I was wrong. Uh, smart on them, because here we are in September, and I think you're still only allowed to have 50 people in a fucking room. So yeah, you can't have any kind of fucking convention with 50 people. 50 people in a room. That's just the fucking celebrities. Like, yeah. You know what are we gonna do? Another thing I do. Uh, with horror is I run something called Connecticut Cult Classics, um, oh, yeah. which came about, I told you, we came up with Connecticut Horror Fest kind of as a way to pump up Horror News Network. Yeah. I came up with Connecticut Cult Classics as a way to pump up Connecticut Horror Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always trying to brainstorm ideas like how can we make it more popular? How can we you know, get, get more uh, attention to it? So I was like, yo, there's this 1940s theater in Seymour uh, which is like right like near our home base mm-hmm. um, that does nothing other than they show two films a year. Like at Christmas time, they show it's a wonderful life. And, uh, and then like, a, they show like uh, John Wayne's the quiet man at St. Patrick's day. Yeah. It's like owned by the Knights of Columbus. Um, and when like a, when like a group like that owns something, I don't even think they got to pay taxes because it's technically a religious organization. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, they don't really care. They like rent it out to church groups and this and that. I was like, yo, let's let's see if we can rent it out for a night, like run a double feature of movies and use that as a way to promote Connecticut Horror Fest. Mm-hmm. So Rob was kind of like, I don't he's like, I don't want to do it. But if you want to do it, I'll help you. I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, so I talked to the dudes, the Knights of Columbus. As you can imagine, they're all older gentlemen. They looked at me like I was kind of fucking nuts um, that mm-hmm. I wanted to show a couple of vampire movies in their fucking their the- their old ass theater. But I was like, you know what? We're going to fucking do this. Uh, we showed um, the Lost Boys and Fright Night and, yeah. and the fucking thing sold out like 200 people. Like, yeah, it was fucking it was a bomb. I was like, dude, I was like, fucking we're going to keep doing this, man. And uh, like three years in, we haven't. Well, now we've stopped again because of COVID. But yeah, until that hit. We've, we've done double features every other month for like three years. The last one was uh, in February of this year before mm-hmm. COVID uh, really kind of took its hold. We did um, Reanimator and uh, Night of the Creeps, a fucking fantastic double feature. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and you're showing up on a Cronenberg one, right? And that's uh, the- that, was, that was supposed to be the next one. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was supposed to be our April double feature was we were going to do um, Scanners and the Fly. Yeah, another awesome double feature. <laughs> Super awesome. The Fly is a no-brainer for me. Like, mm. you know, it's just a fucking genius fucking movie and like gross and gory as shit. Yeah. This, the opener was kind of tough for me because I Videodrome is one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. Yeah. But then, you know, I always run these. I've got like a group of people. My buddy Mike. Uh, runs a projector and and i work with him like at my actual job that makes money and like i always bounce ideas off him he's like yeah videodrome's great he's like but he's like scanners is kind of like where it's at man i'm like uh yeah you got a point i mean i love all cronenberg dude i would have played the brood i would have played rabid um i don't give a shit um videodrome personally like my favorite but he he was right scanners scanners is definitely the one to go with um, yeah. and I'm bummed that we still haven't gotten to do it, but I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get back to it. You know, maybe not uh, 2020, but I am running a couple of drive-in uh, features yeah. coming up in, uh, in October. I got a buddy, John, who I met through the movie nights that we do. And he's actually part of uh, 
the city of Ansonia. He's like legal counsel for the city of Ansonia. Yeah. Um, and other than being like, you know, a normal straight laced dude with like a suit and great hair, yeah. he, he fucking loves horror and sci-fi. Yeah. Um, he started on alternating months. He started renting out the strand doing like Godzilla double features and, and all that type of shit. Yeah. Um, and he, well we did a we did something with with the city of ansonia last year we did like an outdoor showing of teen wolf with the city yeah um because they had like a they have like a decent sized little screen and a projector so we did like a free show for the city of ansonia just like we got together and did it and it was fun but he like with this covid thing he convinced the city to spring for a 40 foot inflatable screen and then worked with this park to use the park to show a drive-in there, yeah. basically. Um, so he asked me if I wanted to run a couple of shows in October. And I was like, yo, if we can safely do this, like, you know, social distance, masks, the whole fucking thing. I was like, I'll definitely do that. So they gave me two dates to fuck with. Mm-hmm. Um, the first date, I wanted to show this film, 10 Minutes to Midnight, that is a brand new film directed by these local guys actually shot locally here in Connecticut Um, stars uh, Caroline Williams from Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. stars uh, this dude Nick Tucci who actually just passed away recently but he was in um, he's in this movie Long Lost that these guys wrote and directed he was in The Ranger he was in Your Next Um, this dude legitimately was like an up and coming like he would have been if you watch like Long Lost is streaming on, on Amazon Prime for free, yeah. you watch that and you're going to be like, yo, this dude, like, this dude would have been something else, man. But, uh, yeah, I think I know you're talking about because I've seen The Ranger and uh, your next as well. So, yeah, real handsome dude, like most actors are. Yeah. Um, and yo, the dude is just intense, man. Like, fucking, like I said, check out Long Lost. It's a, re- it's not a horror movie per se. Yeah. Um, kind of more like a thriller. Uh, but really fucking dark, really deep, and he's just off the chain uh, yeah. in it. Um, and I have a small role in this 10 Minutes to Midnight. Um, they called me up, and they were like, yo, do you want to do like a, you know, like a little background role? And I was like, oh, well, fuck not. <laughs> so I went up there one day, and like um, I shoved Caroline Williams into like a coffin, which was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to make it in the final spoiler alert (laughs) yeah who knows what's you know who knows what it's gonna uh if i actually make the final cut but uh regardless i'm sure it's gonna be a dope movie it's a vampire film so i figured that would be great for october so that's the first one we're showing at this drive-in yeah uh and then the week later i kind of had free range kinda the thing of it is this lot that we're using is actually owned by a church in ansonia yeah so free range kind of got toned down a bit like when I suggested, the first one I suggested was, well, first one I suggested was Dawn of the Dead. Um, yeah. Because that's one of the classics I saw on the drive-in and I've always wanted to see it again in a drive-in setting. Yeah. Couldn't get the licensing for it. It's like, I've, tr- I've been trying for years to get the licensing for it. it. Just proved impossible. So the next one I tried for, which I could get the licensing for, was The Howling, which oh, yeah. is my second favorite werewolf movie behind American Werewolf. Yeah. Um, in London, not Paris, because the Paris <laughs> one is just fucking horrible. Um, I assumed. <laughs> yeah. And the, the dude, I actually saw that in the theater for some fucking unknown reason. I went to see Werewolf in Paris and was just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> um, so the dude uh, works for the city of Ansonia was like, mm, Howling kind of starts off with a dude watching a porno. I'm like, yeah, it kind of does. He's like, 
on the church ground, maybe, you know, we tone it down a bit. So I was like, all right, the gate. I was like, we're going to fucking do the gate. I was, oh, like, yeah. I was like, pretty sure it's PG-13. Still, you know, it, 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 it kind of verges on goofy, but still pretty fucking scary. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like, like somebody suggested Monster Squad. And while I love Monster Squad, I want to show something at least a little scary. Monster Squad's not scary at all. Yeah. That's just, that's just fun and classic. Like, I wanted to show something with some scares for being close to Halloween. So we went with the gate. We got the licensing. And the awesome thing about it, dude, people represented, man. 10 minutes to midnight sold out in 15 hours. And the gate sold out in like nine hours. Like, oh, yeah. Man. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, man. It was awesome. And uh, for the 10 minutes to midnight, we actually have Caroline Williams coming in. Yeah, she's she's gonna be there, fucking like taking like socially distanced pictures with people and signing yeah. autographs and shit. Um, it's funny because they're doing like they're they're just pushing the movie now, so they're doing like a round of uh, of showings, and they wanted to bring her in, but because she's from like. I think she, I don't know if she's in California or Texas, but wherever she's from, yeah. she, she has to quarantine for like two weeks before she can even do anything. Connecticut's got like this fucking strict law. Like if you come in from out of state, you can't go anywhere until you've been here for two weeks. You've got to like lock yourself in somewhere. So she's, yeah. I think she's here now. I think she's in Connecticut <laughs> already and like just fucking quarantining. And then we're going to fucking break her loose when it's time for all these uh, screenings that they're doing. Hell yeah. Now yeah, I'm a man. huge fan of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and the Hatchet yeah. series, which she uh, pops in and for. Yep. Yep. Plus Legend of Billie Jean. Come on, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking great movie. It's, you know, she's one of Billie Jean's friends. So, <laughs> so uh, anything else you want to mention about any of that stuff before we go into just chatting about horror movies? Um, no, nah, man. I think, I think that's it. You know, like I said, you know, I, when it comes to all that stuff, you know, I just, my goal is like, especially with like the, the Connecticut cult classic stuff. Like, like I said before, man, I was, I was lucky enough that I got to see most of this shit on, on the drive-in screen or even in the theater. Like my father took me to see Halloween three at the theater. I saw Friday the 13th part three in the theater. Um, so even when I wasn't seeing it on a drive-in, my father still took me to see shit in the theater. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm old as shit. Like a lot of these kids these days, they didn't get to see any of this stuff. So like, to me, it's all about like being able to like, get, get like kids to see this shit in a theater, because listen, you can sit at home and, you know, plug in Dawn of the dead and watch it on, you know, fucking 4k and it's going to look glorious in your house. Yeah. But there's really something to be said with sitting with 200 like-minded people, you know, fucking all cheering and fucking, you know, cheering along for fucking the zombies because who else would you root for you know you, yeah. don't, root, you don't root for the fucking humans and dawn of the dead no they're um, real evil <laughs> yeah so it's you know it's it's like doing shit like that and like bringing connecticut uh horror fest to connecticut um rob and christine from horror news network and me and all the people who who you know work on the site and and everything with us we all kind of like we all kind of like think the same like like how can we just do cool shit in our state like other states have their their cool shit like let's let's do some shit here man and yeah and so we try to do like we try to bring everything that we can here and then support also everybody local like mm. like uh i'm sure you're familiar with vinegar syndrome 
they're yeah. they're no, right here in, they're right here in Bridgeport. They're right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah. That's where they're from. That's their, you know, that's where they do all their restoration. Their uh their shop, the archive is here. So we've been supporting yeah. those fuckers since day one. They were one of the um they were one of the first vendors we had at the very first Connecticut Horror Fest. They've you know yeah. it's all about it's all about supporting the horror community. And that's kind of like you know, like what we're doing. Like I get mad when I see people just being like, fuck that. I'm not going to this. Cause you know, fucking so-and-so canceled Dude, just go and support man. Cause if you don't fucking support it, it's not yeah. going to happen. It's just like hardcore shows. Right. That's, that's where, that's where my mentality came from when it comes to, you know, if you, if you think this show is fucking corny, go to it anyway. Otherwise this club's going to stop fucking having shows. Yeah. That's how it works. Like if people don't go, nobody's going to be able to book shows there. Mm-hmm. And I, dude, I, I can't count how many clubs I've seen fucking fall apart over the years because people wanted to hang outside and drink 40s instead of going fucking pay to go inside. Or yeah. people wanted to fucking, oh, get me on the guest list. Let me carry in your guitar. Yeah. No motherfucker pays so this club makes some money so we can keep having fucking shows there. Yeah, open the back you door know, for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what? I'm talking that shit. But in back in the day, I was fucking sneaking in too. But, yeah. you know, as I'm older, you know. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll definitely become a grouchier old man. That's freaking. You respect sure. the people that got mad at you for sneaking in. <laughs> I do. I do now. I do yeah. now because I wasn't thinking like that back then. Mm-hmm. Back then, I was just thinking about having. I was just thinking about fucking me and Boulder having a forty outside the fucking tune in in New Haven. Like that's yeah. all I was thinking about. And yeah, we'll go in when fucking you know sick of it all goes on. But fuck the rest of these bands. Like, and that's not the right way to be fucking you got to support all the local shit or else it just won't fucking happen. And yeah. then you're going to be on the fucking computer being like, nothing happens around here. Yeah. Cause you guys don't fucking support it. So I've seen it a million times. I was part of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I did learn and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully my fucking being grouchy about it might <laughs> teach some people to fucking listen up and get to some shows. Hell yeah, hundred percent. And I, I definitely feel you about the home state thing because I just found out today. My, fa- as you can see behind me, my favorite horror movie is Scream. Yep. And uh, I found out today that Scream Five is being filmed in North Carolina, where I'm from. Oh so, shit! Oh, that's awesome. You know, as well as we had uh, Halloween filmed here. You know, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. So yep. I'm pretty stoked on uh, all that happening here. And then we've had Monster Mania, um, or Mad Monster. Mad maybe? Monster Party, yeah, 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 yeah. Mad Monster Party, and uh. This is my first year going. I don't know how many years it's been going on here now, but it's awesome to like know about it now and all the yeah. stuff going on. So yeah, dude, conventions are fucking great. Um, my favorite part of conventions has always been the uh, the vendors. I I love yeah, same. <laughs> especially, <clears throat> again, I'm dating myself, but especially like when you go back to like late '80s, early '90s, yo, there was no fucking internet, bro. Like yeah. You couldn't find a fucking VHS copy of uh, Bad Taste anywhere. Like, yeah. you couldn't find it. But guess what? At Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors, you could. Yeah. It might, might cost you 30, 40 bucks, which, you know, is a pretty penny in 1988. But that's the only place you're finding it. There's no fucking eBay. There's no Amazon, mm-hmm. you know. And that was what was great about vendors' tables at those old conventions is you're finding shit that you would never find any fucking wear back then now yeah. with the internet that's a lot easier but yeah man conventions are great so is north carolina becoming like like uh like georgia like out of the blue became like a famous like like walking dead started filming there and then they started filming all sorts of shit there is that is that happening with north carolina i honestly don't really know um the only things i've known that be filmed here prior to the, uh halloween was uh, blue velvet and then uh great movie the mutilator fall break oh but, shit <laughs> i love the mutilator that's, that's i actually uh, messaged bud cooper and had him uh 
I bought a seven inch as a fall break theme song from him. So. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. You should see if you could fucking dude check like keep your eyes on the internet, man. You might be able to do like get like a walk on like fucking you know background <laughs> role in Scream Five, dude. It happens, yeah. man. I would just I would just keep your eyes peeled for any fucking filming stuff. Even dude, even if it's just you find out that they're like filming mm-hmm. and you just go hang out like near the fucking set. Sometimes these directors just need extra people from a scene and they'll be like, here, sign this, go stand over there. Yeah. Dude, you could be in your fucking favorite franchise, man. Picture that. Dude, I'd shit myself. Right? <laughs> right? That's fucking all dude. I've been in I've been in three movies now. The first one I was uh uh, Kevin Sorbo's bodyguard in a movie called Piranha Sharks, oh, yeah. which anybody familiar with Kevin Sorbo, that's just hysterical because he played Hercules and the dude's like six foot six, yeah. and I'm like fucking five nine on a great day, like so like me being his fucking bodyguard when I come up to like his nipple, it's like just ridiculous. Yeah, just ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Basically, I, I was definitely the bad stuff, no <laughs> doubt about it. He was the good stuff. I was the bad stuff. Um, and then I did that. Uh, 10 minutes to midnight where I got a scene with Caroline Williams, whether it's going to, you know, be in the finished product. I don't know. But also I did a movie locally called the dead girl in apartment three mm-hmm. um, with Adrian King from Friday the 13th. Hell yeah. And uh, again, I don't know if I'm going to be in the finish for the final picture. Cause uh, it hasn't come out yet, but I do a scene where like, I just, I'm like right behind her. So I'm like, fuck, hopefully that fucking that comes through. And it was great because uh where it was filmed in Waterbury, Connecticut, I was telling her that night, two or three blocks over from where we filmed this scene was the exterior, the exterior house that they used for the beginning of Friday the 13th part two, um, which is the scene where she gets the fucking ice pick. Um, So I was like, you realize that the exterior of the house from part two is right She's like, I thought this neighborhood looked familiar. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the house unfortunately is gone now, but that was actually, you know, and I've said that to her, but she might not have even been on the set because they didn't use the same house for the interior. Yeah. She shot her interior scenes in Torrington at a different place, but the exterior was shot right in Waterbury, like right near where that was. Um, but that's another movie to look out for uh, the dead girl in apartment three. When that comes out, that's a, you know, it's all about supporting local stuff, man. Like I Hell said, yeah. so do the same thing, man. Just fucking look out and see if uh, you can find out when they're filming and get in scream. Go Hell for, yeah. it. Go for it, man. I'll definitely give it a shot for sure. But we can uh, go on to some of your favorite horror movies. You know, if you ha- sure. Do you have like a top three that you kind of linger on or? Well, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, Carpenter's 1978 Halloween Hell uh, yeah. has been my favorite horror movie. You know what, dude? It sucks because you know i want to be fucking edgy or whatever but i think my favorite horror movies are all pretty fucking common like yeah. i love we we're just talking about the mutilator definitely not a fucking common movie i certainly love uncommon fucking horror i certainly love like you know grimy shit like fucking maniac and basket case and yeah you know um but i think if i had to say my favorites dude i'm gonna go halloween 78 as number one as it's always been that's always been like the fucking top movie for me michael myers has always been my guy um number two is probably uh romero's dawn of the dead hell yeah i love night of the living dead i love day of the dead but dawn was the first one i saw yeah you know like i said that was a drive-in one for me when i was a kid number three or two i'm not even going to put them in an order dawn uh the next one is to me still one of the scariest fucking movies of all time the exorcist Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I saw that shit when I was like five years old 
and I wasn't right, dude. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in my fucking bedroom. I slept in my parents' bed for like a month. I was like, not a fucking chance am I going to that bedroom. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, this girl's going to be in there. Her head's going to be fucking spinning around. I, I don't want no part of it, mom, dad. Sorry. <laughs> you made me fucking watch this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm sleeping in your bed and that that's all there is to it. Like I said, dude, when I got Reagan tattooed on me, I put her on the back of my arm so I don't have to fucking see her. Like shit, I don't blame you. <laughs> legit, dude. Like, like that movie's still and people laugh at it now. They're like, oh, it's not scary. Well, to me, still fucking scares me, man. Like that yeah. movie was that movie came out in nineteen seventy-three. That's that's forty fucking seven years old. And that movie is fucking scary as shit. And it's you know what it is about that movie? It's that I don't know that that can't happen. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a religious dude by any fucking means, but I'm also not a close minded person. So I can't, you know, could somebody be possessed? Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe. And if that's what it looks like, I want no fucking part of it. <laughs> so, you know, shit that shit that's real or could be real shit. That's like, listen, J- Jason, I love Friday the 13th. Yeah. Is that could that really happen? No, negative. Then you yeah. know, the guy is fucking brought back by a fucking lightning. You know, come on, stop. Yeah. Uh, like the first one could probably happen, but after that, sure, they can, sure. Yeah. After that, they yeah, they kind of fucking you know went off into left field. I still love them, but are they scary? Not really. Yeah. Um, the stuff that scares me, like I said, is like the shit that could possibly be real and paranormal shit. Yup, could possibly be real. Home invasion shit scares me. Because absolutely somebody could be fucking standing behind you in your house. Yeah. Look, yo, I don't care how fucking cheesy people think the movie is. The strangers fucked me up. No, I love like that. that, <laughs> that movie. And I know the, you know, the French version was good too. Uh, the one that it was based on, but you know, I saw the strangers first and, and that movie kind of fucked me up, especially yeah. at the end when they're like, she's like, why? And they're like, cause you answered the door. Fuck yeah. you, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that's it, dude. Like, so it's stuff that kind of like, could happen is is really what scares me the most um you know and kind of the first halloween maybe not dawn of the dead so much but the first halloween like michael wasn't a fucking unstoppable you know being he was just a dude yeah a dude that killed his sister and was hell bent on fucking killing laurie for some reason nobody knew because at that time he wasn't his her sister yet you know that was just that first movie it was just dude kills a sister, breaks out a fucking mental institution and goes on a kill crazy rampage. Of mm-hmm. course that could happen. As a matter of fact, it was based on, wasn't it based on something that really happened? No. Part two was based on Richard Speck, the serial killer, but maybe part one, maybe John Carpenter got the idea from something that he read. Cause that's certainly plausible. So shit that can really happen is, is really the scary shit. If you ask me. No, I definitely agree. And uh, to speak on how scary uh, the exorcist still is, I hadn't seen it when I was young because I was terrified of shit. Like idle hand scared me, even though it's a comedy and shit like that. But it came, <laughs> I was pretty young. Like uh, when that came out, probably only like six six or seven yeah so i got into horror around 12 or 13 but at that time i was like take me to the movies and let me see what's coming out you know yeah yeah they, uh because my parents or nobody close to me was horror uh horror fans so they didn't really show many classics i would find some of course like nightmare on elm street and stuff like yeah that. yeah the screen right. of course and uh but uh i had never seen the exorcist till like just a couple years ago and i remember watching that shit and still getting creeped out and thinking to myself like how yeah. the fuck was this made in 70 i think 73 right 73 yeah yeah i was like how the fuck did they do some of this stuff and get away with it especially now like i i could see if it was in theaters now people like 
still yeah, these are, people will be protesting. People will be yeah. fucking protesting. Hell yeah. No, no doubt about it. But I mean, shit, shit, man. Still a great fucking movie. No part, three's, part three's a great fucking movie, too. No, I love that one, too. I showed um, I showed that as a double feature last Christmas at uh, at the Strand. I showed Exorcist 1 and 3. Hell yeah. Um, and I called it, uh, I always come up with like a clever name for the double features. Yeah. And that was one of my favorites, I got to tell you. That was The Power of Christmas Compels You. <laughs> oh yeah i thought that was fucking genius <laughs> i thought you're gonna say uh the what should have been the sequel <laughs> oh i know i do uh uh my buddy brian uh who works at uh, vinegar syndrome mm. dude the dude like he just i love him man but he cra- he loves part two yeah i'm like yo brian you are out of your fucking mind he's like dude he's like you gotta rewatch it man he's like you gotta rewatch it part two is just fucking he's like he's like people just don't get it like i'm like of course they don't get it it fucking makes no sense There's nothing to get <laughs> but he he fucking swears by it man he's just one of those dudes that likes cracks me up oh yeah yeah, actually, I didn't actually see Exorcist three till uh, Joe Bob showed up on this past season. That was my first time watching it. It's great, right? Like yeah. the Not only thing, <laughs> the only thing that bummed me out, and I always thought about, was I really wish there was more between George C. Scott and the priest. Yeah, like I thought their fucking relationship was so great. They were so funny to each other. Like I was real, which which I guess is the makings of a good movie, right? Like I was really bummed when that priest died because yeah. I just, I wanted more of them. Like I thought the relationship between him and George C. Scott was fucking amazing. And, and that movie contains the greatest jump scare of all time. Like I, yeah. I, I was so happy standing in the back of the fucking strand theater, like waiting for that jumps because i knew i always ask like is this anybody's first time like i get up on stage and talk to talk to the crowd and a whole shitload of people's hands went up as their first time for exorcist 3 so i knew to watch for the jump scare yeah to see how many and sure enough as soon as that fucking lady came out of that room with the fucking shears mm. everybody's like ah <laughs> oh yeah it was, dude, it looked like it looked like a fucking popcorn went flying. It looked like a fucking like it was set up. Like it looked like it was, it wasn't even real. The two of my favorite things were that, and then um, when we showed Sleepaway Camp, Hell I was yeah. like, I was like, how many people have never seen Sleepaway Camp? And like, dude, like half the crowd put their hands up. I was like, how many of you don't know the ending? Same fucking people kept their hands up. I was like, yeah. <laughs> because oh, yeah. <laughs> i knew that they're gonna get to see that dick for the first time and i was just so fucking happy i was like yeah because <laughs> the first time you see that it's just i didn't just spoil it for you right you've seen sleepaway Camp? oh yeah definitely okay. all class. right all right because yeah. <laughs> the first time you get to see that it's just glorious you're like whoa what yeah I <laughs> definitely like... one of the best twists in horror fucking history yeah two uh super underrated twists in just movie history is sleepaway camp and intruder i feel like if you've never seen intruder like don't let that get spoiled for you just watch it but yep no yep. i like uh what's funny about sleepaway camp is i had a past guest on there uh eric from i am and i'd recommended it to him and i was like uh he was like what's some stuff on shutter so i just threw it out there thinking he'd be like oh i've seen that of course yeah yeah like, never heard of that what is it and i was like oh shit i was like it's, it's a slasher just watch it don't look up anything <laughs> And yeah wa- that's what you gotta say yeah just don't don't fucking google it just watch it just fucking watch it like you want to like you want to like just put it on right now and i'm gonna sit here and watch you and make sure you're not fucking looking it up because i don't want you to spoil it like yeah. like that's 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 what's so great about like horror movies especially like i dude i love talking to people like who are like just getting into it 
yeah. or whatever. And like, they're like, Oh, I've never seen this. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, I've got to tell you, like, like I'm so fucking overbearing when I find out somebody's just getting into horror. Cause I'm like, dude, yeah. here's a list of 76 fucking movies. You've got to watch tonight. Like, I'm like, I fucking expect a full report tomorrow. I'm bad about that too. <laughs> but that's what's great about it man because like there's nothing if if you're like really into it it's the same thing with hardcore man if you're like really into it there's nothing better than just fucking talking about it there's nothing better than finding somebody to just fucking chat about it with like fucking you know who's your fucking favorite straight edge band or who's your fucking you know favorite you know uh New York hardcore band, fucking agnostic front, fucking sick of it all. Like, like what's your shit? Like same thing with fucking horror, man. Like talking horror is just, yeah. that's why I do so many fucking podcasts and shit. Like, um, I'm just like, yo, you want to talk horror on a podcast? Yeah. Fucking I'll be there, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I love it. It's fucking great. Hell yeah. So before we go into a few hypothetical questions, do you have any like newer horror movies that you like? And, um, uh, and by newer, I mean, you know, in the past, it could be 15 to, you know, 10 to 15 years, you know, the two thousands are in newer Ooh. pretty much. 10 to 15 years yeah man um i fucking loved that movie terrified not terrifier yeah uh, not the stupid clown guy i know a lot of people love that clown guy um i, didn't I enjoy get it, it but i know it's bad <laughs> i didn't get it i didn't get it people go crazy over it uh, like yeah. i've had legit arguments with people like they get mad like physically angry about it i'm like yeah. oh, okay like that's your thing that's fine but terrifier the uh i think it's argentinian or terrified Argentinian movie. Yeah. Spanish. One of the scariest fucking movies I've seen in a long time. Like, <laughs> like that opening scene when he's calling for his wife and he goes into that bathroom. I'm just like, fuck, man. I had to, uh, whatchamacallit, um, like me and Pete Morrissey from 100 Demons. Mm-hmm. Like he loves, he loves fucking horror movies too. So we like would always text about uh, horror movies and shit like that. And I remember texting him at like probably like, close to midnight or whatever it was like dude you got to check out this fucking movie and he yeah. went on he went on and found it put it on and like 20 minutes later he's texting me he's like yo fuck this movie he's <laughs> like why am i watching this alone right now like dude that movie was like legit fucking scary man like yeah. really really scary um that's on my rewatch list for the uh 31 days of october for sure because of how fucking actually scary it is <laughs> yeah plus it's a yeah. haunting movie it's like supernatural you know it's about like the like a whole totally. neighborhood pretty much but yeah totally um i love train to busan hell yeah um, fucking just to, dude i love like new takes on like old genres like new takes yeah. on zombie stuff like i like vampire stuff but like i really prefer when somebody has like kind of an original take the transfiguration <laughs> was another movie fuck yeah uh, yeah dude that came out like three years ago uh based in like chicago like you know really gritty urban like kind of like martin-ish like george romero's martin like you don't mm. know if this dude is a vampire or not is he just crazy yeah. um just fucking great acting by by the main dude and uh and that girl who was in the ranger i can never remember her name chloe something yeah uh she was fucking fantastic that's just a that's an awesome movie what i really liked um color out of space which Hell just yeah. came out beginning of this year yeah uh i was psyched to see richard stanley back um after the debacle that was the island of dr moreau yeah um if you've if you've never seen the fucking documentary on the making of that did you ever see that no oh dude you got some homework man you gotta watch you like 
if you think that movie is crazy, like the Island of Dr. Moreau. I've never seen that either, to be honest dude, with you. Oh, I, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't even need to just watch <laughs> this say, documentary. I don't really want to watch that. I'll watch the documentary, though. The documentary, dude, this dude, I'm just going to give you a little taste. This dude got fired from directing the movie. Mm-hmm. They were like filming like some fucking remote island, like fucking Fiji or something like that. Yeah. He he decided not to leave. He like camped out in the woods for like months and like ended up being in the movie. It's like he found a mask and put it on and is like in the fucking movie. Like, dude, it's the most bonkers fucking scenario. Like, and if then if you watch the movie, you're like, how is this a real movie? Like, yeah. it makes no sense. You can just tell that Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando hated each other. Uh, they didn't want to be there. Like, this whole movie is just fucking bananas. And then when you watch the documentary, you're like, holy shit. So I'm psyched to see uh, Stanley get back into the game. Uh, yeah. And he got back in hard, dude. Colorado Space is fantastic. Yeah. Um, not horror. I don't know what this is. Uh, the Greasy Strangler is one of my favorite movies <laughs> in the past five years. That's been um, on my list, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, dude. I, uh, so don't want my me, wife to walk in pregnant because she already hates gross stuff, and I know it's – Oh, gross. yeah, you don't want her to see that then, dude. Yeah. You don't, you don't want her to fucking see that because um, that's just fucking – it's out of bounds gross. Like, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, like, like I my – I um. I've heard anything that happens. I just heard that it's, like, you know, crazy. Yeah, don't spoil it. Definitely watch it. Try not to yeah. do too much homework on it. Um, and then just be blown away by what the fuck you're watching because it's just so I kind of like like when people ask me like how can you describe it it's kind of like a gross Napoleon Dynamite yeah. like because you know how Napoleon Dynamite really didn't have a fucking plot mm. just kind of it just kind of happened Napoleon Dynamite just happened like there's no plot here uh, that's kind of like the Greasy Strangler like picture like like Napoleon Dynamite, but really fucking gross. Like yeah. with some real gross shit going on. Which we call Jerry Jeremy Solner. Uh, I love this dude's movies. Uh, he did Blue Ruin. He's a hardcore kid from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, he did Blue Ruin, and then he fucking did Green Room. Yeah, love both which, of those. Dude, if you're a hardcore kid, like you know, and you know the Dead Kennedys, and you Not see Homeboy movie. with a Minor Threat shirt, and you're just like, oh my god! Like right, anytime you see like somebody wearing like a hardcore shirt in a movie you're just like yeah, fucking, yeah. uh and you're like fucking even though they're skinheads you're like ah oh, skinheads i know what they are like yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and they and have that, like cover of a uh, nazi punk's fuck off <laughs> yeah which was fucking great yeah. and every, everybody's sick hiling him and all fucking pissed <laughs> off i'm like dude the only the only fake thing about that is those kids would have been stomped as they were on stage like yeah those fucking those nazis would have came right because it was their club yeah. Right. It was. I've seen Nazis try to. Dude, I was at. Uh, did Hapri play the show? I don't remember if Hapri played the show or if we were just there. Madball <laughs> played at this fucking club, and a bunch of fucking Nazis showed up. Dude, Hoya and Freddie beat the fucking piss out of them. Like, yeah. Pretty much by themselves. Like, well, I mean, everybody helped, but they didn't need it. Like. Yeah. And that's. The, but this was their own club, the Nazi club, right? So like. Yeah. Some fucking bands up there playing Nazi punks fuck off, and they're just a bunch of little kids on tour. They would have got fucking stomped right away, like in yeah. real life. But still, great fucking movie. Cool as, cool as shit to see Patrick Stewart play like a bad guy, right? Because he's yeah. always like, he's always cool. Um, no, Megan Blair was in it. The uh, the guy yeah. that was supposed to do the Toxic Avenger reboot. Right, right. Making and making Blair. That's like Solnier's boy, right? Like he was the yeah. main dude Blue in Ruin. Blue Ruin. Yeah. Um. Always Blue, forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was he was great, man. He was yeah. great in Blue Ruin, and Blue Ruin was like 
Dude, I remember when Buzz from Home Alone showed up. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking Buzz from Home Alone and Blue Ruin. <laughs> and then uh, who was the other? Oh, he had Jan from the Brady Bunch was in that movie. Yeah. Uh, which was fucking hysterical. I, dude, I like, a, I like a lot of stuff. I like a lot of... Um, I tend to end up liking a lot of foreign films like Train to Busan, like The Wailing, mm-hmm. um, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Big Bad Wolves was uh, in... Israeli film which was fucked up hell yeah um, but really good <sighs> starry eyes is a great movie Dude, there's so many good fucking movies man yeah especially over you know you're talking about the past 10 to 15 years we didn't even talk about the Baba Duke, which aside from the most annoying kid in the history of horror fuck uh, that kid <laughs> i wanted to punch that kid right in the face and i got kids like if you have kids and you want to punch a kid in the movie you know that kid's fucking annoying as shit pal driver (laughs) (laughs) yeah when he's just in the back seat of the car just screaming i'm like fucking smack that kid (laughs) yeah i would crank some music (laughs) i don't know i tried something that shit was insane that kid it made the movie almost unwatchable for me i liked the uh idea of the movie but if they they turned down that kid it would probably go way up (laughs) on a scale for me you know what i mean yeah dude that kid was uh that kid was uh, fucking awful but the movie was brilliant uh the direction was jennifer what's her name i can't remember her name yeah um is it yeah i can't remember her name but she was fantastic dude mm-hmm. there's so many and that's i get bummed out when i see people be like oh there's no good horrors and horror movies anymore you know what because you're watching the horror movies that come out in the theater yeah. you're fucking trapped in the conjuring universe and you're watching fucking you know, whatever grudge remake is coming out this week. Yeah. You know, you need to fucking step away from that shit. Or whatever and, Netflix original is like in front yeah, of Yeah. You. you need to, you know, find, dude, it's the age of the internet, man. It's not hard to find out about independent films anymore. Yeah. You know, just type in Fantastic Fest or type in any of these film festivals and see like what is winning awards. And yeah. you'll, you'll find you'll find some great movies, man. That's, that's how I, dude, that's how I found one cut of the dead, which is, which was one of my favorite movies over the past couple of years. Um, I got to see it at a film festival at the beginning of last year. Well, actually they sent me a screener first and then I saw, Hey, Hey guys, sorry. My, my kids have wandered in. No, you're fine. You want to say hi? Why are you so angry? Hey, <laughs> that's Owen. Jalen, you want to say hi? Oh, Jalen's got a Connecticut Cult Classic shirt on, so I might as well get her in here. Come on, Hell come yeah. on in. Show, show your show your shirt. Connecticut Cult Classic. That's awesome. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Wave. All right, now get out of here. Go, go, go away. Um, and um, so yeah, they sent me a screener of it, and I remember like the first fifteen minutes, I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" Mm-hmm. And then the credits start rolling, and I'm like, "I, I thought this was a full movie, not a short." And then the movie actually starts and I was just blown away. Yeah. Um, again, like I love unusual or new takes on things. And that was just like a great take on not only zombie films, but on filmmaking itself, Yeah, um, which I thought was brilliant. And then I got to see it at a festival uh, called What the Fest in New York City um, that it, it played at along with um, Depraved by Larry Fessenden, who is like a New York filmmaking yeah, uh, underground yeah he's like an yeah. underground giant basically um he, he produced made, uh, the ranger yes yes about. yeah yep uh so he made this movie depraved which is a take on the uh frankenstein mythos that came out uh last year yeah that played at the festival so i mean if you're interested in an indie film it's there's it's easy to find out these days like what's out there and that's what you yeah. want to watch man because those are the guys those indie filmmakers are the guys making original shit 
everything else is a remake, right? Everything else yeah. is, right? They're remaking Hellraiser. They're remaking Candyman. I saw they're remaking The Exorcist. Like, when when's it going to fucking end? Like, when are these remakes? Remakes, what, like one out of every 30 is fucking good? Like, yeah. You know, like once in a while they hit gold, like the thing or invasion from the body, invasion of the body snatchers. Like, yeah, um, well, that's why I'm glad they're actually just doing a sequel of Scream and not a I'd reboot. Much rather. Because, yeah. yeah, I'd much rather go ahead, go ahead. And I'm excited about the team doing it too. But. Right, right, yeah. Radio Do a sequel. Silence. Yeah. Um, you know, or or if you're gonna take like an older movie that you can actually improve on, like Carpenter did with the thing, he yeah. took a movie that was you know 25 years old and and made it more today like if you're going to do that okay yeah what do you what the fuck are you going to improve on the exorcist what are you what are you going to do you, you're yeah. going to make the exorcist better like, there's no there's no need for that you're going to so ruin you, it with cgi yeah <laughs> that's exactly what you're going to do you so if you want to find you know who's making the original films and you know the inspiring films it's these yeah. indie it's these indie guys man that's you know it's the jeremy Salniers of the world those are the people to watch thank you now have you seen uh straight edge kager or have you heard about it it sounds familiar, but I definitely haven't seen it. Jason Zink, the director, I had him on the show, and it's uh, pretty much a movie. It's kind of green room-ish. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of green room-ish in a way, but it's also kind of like meets the purge. I, I think Green that's room what... meets the purge? Yeah. So pretty much it's about this guy who is uh, straight edge, and then he kind of doesn't like the way that the guys are getting like too uh, you know, elitist about it and stuff. Yep. They're becoming like, you know, douchey about it. And um, so pretty much the guy breaks apart from that and the straight edge guys don't like it so much that they go to the party like a party in a couple of weeks and try to like murder everybody and stuff like that so so straight edge kegger i wrote it down yeah. and of course i wrote it s big x e because Hell you know, i know how to properly write straight edge they probably didn't do that but yeah uh, i'll check that out hold on give me one second all right we're, we're back and we're back <laughs> <laughs> With more Connecticut Hulk classics. No, yeah, kidding. man. What were we? Uh, oh, we're Straight talking Edge about Straight Edge Kegger. Yeah, which I, I wrote down. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, it's not streaming anywhere, so to check it out, you'd probably have to pick up a Blu-ray. So if you ever, I'll find uh, it. Yeah, extra I'll, cash. It's on Scream Team releasing. So okay, I'll fucking I'll look for it. And, and like I said, I'm all about supporting, so I'll I'll pay for it. Hell yeah, it's fun and it's uh, very well done. I have to say, you know. Cool. Uh, especially for a low budget, you know, any film and being a hardcore fan, you'll definitely enjoy it. Cause you know, you'll see those shirts and stuff and those, you know, like the bridge nine sticker on the nice, you know, uh, wherever they're putting up their flyer, there's just like hardcore stickers and stuff like that. I'm a, dude, I'm a big, when it comes to movies, I'm a huge background guy. Like, yeah, I, I always love to like pause and like, see, like I'm, did I remember the first time I saw, uh, what's that Cusack film? High Fidelity. One like, of my favorite movies of all yeah, time. Yeah, dude, dude. There's like, a, there's a, I think there's a Black Flag sticker in there. There's like yeah. all sorts of, you know, hardcore punk stuff in there. Um, same thing with uh, School of Rock. Jack Black's got some fucking punk stickers in there. Like I love shit like that. Like, yeah. So when I see like a shirt, I'm just like, ah, pause, hold on, wait. And I'm like, hon, come in here. I call my wife in, and she's like, I don't care. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but I still like to get crazy over it anyway. Hell yeah. No, High Fidelity is one of my all-time favorites. I'm not going to lie. That's a great movie, man. It's yeah. totally a great movie. You know, at the at the end when fucking Jack Black busts out the Marvin Gaye. Like, yeah. yeah, buddy. <laughs> no, my favorite part is when he's uh, dancing to, uh, I believe it's on Walking on Sunshine, but I might yep. be wrong. But No, I think it is. He just comes and it. starts dancing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie, man. Hell yeah. Then where they keep kicking Tim Robbins' ass and like goes back and forth and shit. And they keep seeing different <laughs> things and stuff. But yeah. uh, 
So we can go into the kind of hypothetical questions. I'm just going to throw a few at you since we've sure. been chatting for a bit already. But uh, really just kind of one for both of the horror things you do. Uh, for Connecticut Colt Classics, if, you know, the driving got going again, and uh, which I know you're kind of doing this driving, but I'm saying you got back in your theater and everything. Yep. And you got a double feature and you could do any two movies you'd want to do and have a guest come and host it. Uh, what guests would you want and what two movies would you want? Man, you really fucking knocked it out with that one. Um, so the dream double feature for me is Dawn and Day of the Dead. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to do them for three years. It was, it's, I've been trying to do them both for, th- for like three years. But yeah. trying to get licensing for a Romero film is fucking impossible. Other than Night, of course. Yeah, well, because Night's free. You can yeah. fucking show Night anywhere you want. But trying to get Dawn and Day, just fucking impossible but that's the dream double feature obviously george isn't around so i can't have him be there i'd love to have george there i actually got to interview george um at the panel at connecticut horror fest in 2000 was it the 16 year yeah 15 or 16 i don't remember which year it was but he was our main guest and i got to host the panel and fucking interview george romero which is insane to me still that i was able to do that but if it can't be him because he's gone i would love to have ken for you there Hell yeah. um, dude's a, another one I actually interviewed at a Connecticut horror fest. Great, yeah. great storyteller. He's just a really engaging dude. Great storyteller. Really funny. Um, so I would love to show Dawn and day and have him, have him there to fucking chat about it. Hell yeah. No, I'm a huge fan of his. I know you don't really care for zombies films, but I'm a fan of yeah. uh, 4A and those as well. His dude, his, his character in, uh, in Halloween yeah. uh, was fucking hysterical. Like yeah, Joe Grizzly. <laughs> yeah, he was just this is fucking talking. Was I got a XL bean burrito talking at me? <laughs> and him and Tyler Maine really fucked that bathroom up. I'll give him props for yeah, that. He, scene too. he told he told a story when I interviewed him uh, at Connecticut Horror Fest that he he had torn ligaments in his knee like a couple weeks before filming. And he knew that they were going to have to get physical and he didn't want to get dropped from the picture. So he didn't tell anybody. Yeah. And he's like, he was in so much fucking pain because him and Tyler Maine, like really fucking. Yeah. And and I don't don't know if you've ever met Ken, but he's not small either. Like I've met both of them. They're both big fucking dudes. Tyler's definitely taller, uh, but not by a whole lot. (laughs) And Ken is, Ken is wider. Ken's a fucking, like I think that would be a really good real fight. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like uh, yeah, exactly. So now, yeah, Ken's up be... there on my uh, Ken's up there on my list to meet. Sorry, Dan. He's great, man. He's great. He's a great dude. Yeah. Great dude. Hell yeah. So then, uh, my final question for you, pretty much, is for the con. If you could kind of set up like just shoot out like three or four dream guests, you know, that way you don't have to pinpoint like one person. And I know that you could probably go on for like you know hours about who you'd love to have at the con but uh and we'll go with a live that way it makes it easier because i know if we go past the way it just makes it it makes it extremely hard yeah how are we gonna do passed away yeah i need a i need christopher lee i need vincent price i need need bella in makeup for photo ops yep need boris karloff there uh yeah if we go dead that's just that's too much yeah yeah we'd have the biggest convention ever um but a live some top guests and i mean the the number one is is ungettable like you you're not he'll never do a convention stephen king stephen king will never do a convention but if there's one person i could have if they were like you can have anyone 
Hey, people probably thought Tim Curry would never do a convention, and he was at Scares the Cares the first yeah. time I went. So. Yep. I, I still don't think Stephen ever will. <laughs> I'd be Stephen would have to somehow lose all of his money in like a Ponzi scheme or something. Yeah. Like that's the only, and that's a lot of money to lose. Like that dude's got a lot of fucking money. Like, yeah. So yeah, he. I don't think you'll ever see him at a convention. You see Joe Hill, uh, you know his kids. Owen Owen does fucking conventions, but yeah. Um, Stephen for me would be number one. Um, and that's just being selfish. I would. I want to meet Stephen King. Yeah, you know that's that's uh, who doesn't though? <laughs> exactly. I fucking I fucking love I love Stephen King's early stuff, especially. Real quick before you go on, favorite Stephen King book? Favorite Stephen King book is The Stand. Hell yeah! Yeah, it's it's The Stand, but it's close with The Talisman for me. I love The Talisman too. Yeah. Um, Not both. my favorite, but most underrated for me is probably The Girl That Loved Tom Gordon. Great book, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a that's a it's a really Dude, nobody nobody writes characters like Stephen yeah. King. I mean, nobody writes characters. Nobody writes scenery. Uh, that dude, when he writes, it's a movie in your head. Like yeah. nobody can describe, which makes his movies a lot of times kind of a bum out because it doesn't match what the fuck you. Especially if you read the book first and then the movie comes out later, you're like, this isn't how I pictured this. Like, yeah because he's so good at planting it in your fucking head like yes he's he's just the best man uh and the the talisman and the stand for me are just fucking top notch yeah um another guest i would love to have uh would be clive barker oh yeah yeah dude i would love to have clive um i'd love to talk about nightbreed uh with him yeah um, i see the poster back there <laughs> oh yeah the poster back there my whole fucking arm is all fuck yeah yeah, I characters. saw it on Instagram when uh, I think you got uh, one of the characters added recently. Yep, yep. Uh, I got a reanimator last week. Uh, Fuck tattoo. Yeah. yeah, Clive. Like I said, I did I did meet Clive before, but that was actually before Nightbreed came out. I'd love to talk to him about Nightbreed. I would love to ask him some questions. You know, I'm usually pretty anti-remake, but that's one I would like to see a remake of. Yeah. Even, even though I love it, I know it's not how he wanted it because if you've ever read Cabal, um, there's a lot of differences, so I would love to see a remake of that with him at the helm. Yeah. Um, so, but that's a guy I would love to talk to. One more person. Let's go one more. <sighs> Who else would I love to have? Ah, well, that's fucking stupid. Why did I even think about it so long? Uh, John Carpenter. Hell yeah. Yeah. Again, somebody I've never met, and somebody that uh, he's done. He does a few. He does them once in a while. Yeah. But I think he usually stays close to home. Like he usually only does California ones. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, obviously, I would think a very expensive guest yeah. to try to bring in. I don't think John. I don't think you're getting John Carpenter on the cheap. Yeah. Um, but he's he's again on someone I would love to talk to. I know he's grown a little ornery in his old age. You know, you see interviews with him, and he's he's <laughs> he doesn't seem like the most friendly guy in the world. Uh, but I don't care. You know what, yeah. dude, when, when you've got that body of work and you've made some of the most, you know, dude, you made Halloween, you made the thing, mm. which are two of maybe the top fucking five horror movies of all time. Yeah. Um, big you know, trouble. you made be made big trouble. You made escape from New York. You know, we can fucking go on and on, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, you, when, when you've got a body of work like that, you're allowed to be a little grouchy when you're older. I'm okay. With, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I, yeah, I would love to have the chance to meet him and, and talk to him in front of a crowd at Connecticut Horror Fest. I think that would be a lot of fun. Hell yeah. And then to uh, go along with him, it'd be awesome to have uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee she Curtis. Doesn't, yeah, she doesn't do a ton. Now she's done, I think she's only done one, man. She did, yeah. she did one with Sean Clark. So it was probably a horror hound. And it was, she just did, I'm pretty sure it was just that one. And yeah. it was purely for charity. Like she was like, I'll do one as long as all the money we raise goes to some charity that fucking, which is amazing. And yeah. she, she raised probably like 50 grand for whatever her fucking charity was. Uh, yeah. Cause I saw like a documentary on it and there was lines fucking yeah. forever. They had to cap it and like she could, but, but she was great with everybody. She's just such an, she's just an awesome fucking person. Yeah. You can tell when you see interviews with her, she's just really, really genuine. Uh, which I love. There's no bullshit about her. She's completely genuine. She's really funny. I saw an interview where somebody somebody asked her, like, what's it like being chased by a guy with a hockey mask? And she was just like, what? Like, she didn't, she didn't like, play it off at all. She's just yeah. like, are you stupid? Like, She's like, wrong fucking <laughs> franchise. I was like, that's great. First of all, fire that fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, good for you, Jamie. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, if we could have John and Jamie, that would be – fucking amazing uh two years ago i got to um do the panel at connecticut horror fest with nick castle mm. uh pj souls and uh and uh nancy uh nancy loomis that's her fucking name right yeah um so. yeah uh, which was fucking amazing talking to you know michael myers and uh and the two that weren't jamie lee curtis yeah not to, not to put them down at all yeah. especially especially pj pj's fucking you know, been in a ton of great fucking movies, rock and roll high school and fucking uh, Carrie. And, you know, she's been in a ton of shit. Yeah. And so I mean, that was, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Zombie movies, which, you know, I tend to stay away from, but uh, people, people do love them and that's okay. Did you, Rob you didn't zombie like, movies were people thinking you didn't like three from hell. Did you tell, tell me you didn't like three from hell. I did. Oh God. Yeah, that movie, I enjoyed that it. movie killed me. <laughs> I, I enjoyed like, it. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't you see. Know, you know what I hated? And this is, I mean, you know, I will fully admit that I went in there with a negative attitude. Yeah. I went, I, I bought, uh, whenever a new movie like that comes out, like I try to take like the whole crew from like Connecticut cult classics. Mm. So like when that opened up, like I like took the whole fucking row and like brought them all. And I went in there with a, a shitty attitude. I was like, this is going to suck. But I still have the poster rolled up because like opening night, they gave you free posters for the first like 100 yeah. people or whatever. But what killed me is it literally seemed like there was no script for like a lot of it. I was like, I'm pretty sure Bill Mosley and Richard Brake are just ad-libbing here. I'm like, this is, I don't think this was written down beforehand. <laughs> like, I think what happened was Zombie had a plan and Sid dying fucked it up. I well, think they did say that that's what uh, I guess in the documentary, like if you went to the one that he's, you know, some nights had the documentary, some nights didn't or whatever. I think this one did, but I fucking bolted. I was like, uh, no, I don't, I don't blame yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. 30. I know 31 definitely did. And I was like, fuck this. I don't want to stick around for this. Fucking yeah. Documentary. Um, but you could just tell like, like, like he had a script and fucking Sid Haig dying fucked it all up for him like which i think it wasn't necessarily his passing i think it was the mobility of well, him, him being sick yeah yeah he wasn't able to do what uh what rob wanted him to do yeah um 
you know, and and that was sad. I love Sid Haig. Well, just a great fucking guy. Uh, yeah. Got to got to hang out with him for a day and eat hot dogs and hell yeah. Told stories about prank call in the White House and it's just like holy shit. Like telling me stories about he taught you know fucking Robert Shaw, uh, Quint from fucking Jaws. He taught yeah. him how to sword fight for a pirate movie. Like yeah. dude, he was telling me like the crazy. I'm like driving him around fucking Danbury, Connecticut. And he's just telling me these Pam Greer stories and. He's yeah. just a fucking he's just a fucking legend and just a great guy. So I'm sure like that really fucking put a wrench into into Rob's plans for yeah. free from hell. But hey, listen, movies are subjective, man. No, I was about you to know? say it's each his own for sure. But that's Absolutely. what I love about horror movies is you know, I might love one like that's a uh that's like the Babadook. Like I said, I don't really love it, but I don't hate it either. But same thing with like it follows. I know it's a lot of people's favorite and it's to me it's just kinda like middle of the pack. It's it was it was fun, but it's whatever. Yeah. It wasn't really fun. It was more of like uh, it was nicely shot and scored, but movie wise, very well. like, uh, Yeah, very totally agree. Very well yeah. shot. Very well scored. Great, um, great acting too. I kind of like the acting. I mean, yeah, but as far as actual substance, yeah. Well, I was like, Can't what is? I was like, is this a movie about an STD? I'm not positive. Like, what's happening here? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, are they being chased by an STD? Is that what's going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> I find it to be a movie like I can enjoy like watching in the background, so I don't hate it. But it's just it's uh, yeah. Yeah, one of the greatest. Like a lot of people say, like it's a lot of people's favorite of like the past twenty years. I'm like, ah, no, for me. no, it's not. It's not in my collection. Yeah, That's, it's not one that I'm 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 gonna buy ever. Um, if it's the only thing on, maybe I'll leave it on. Yeah, but uh, but like you know, like we said, horror movies are subjective. Any movie is subjective. Oh yeah, you know, taste is taste is taste, man. Whatever, you know, I fucking hate olives. Other people love olives. It is what it is, you know. You know, and we're not all gonna agree on on some shit. I like to bust people's balls that like Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's just that's me being a cranky old man myself. I'm allowed to be cranky. I've made it to 46 years old. I can be cranky. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> no, I feel you. No, I, uh, I was just about to say I like olives too. So there you go. I watch uh, zombie movies and eat my olives. <laughs> there you go. Perfect, dude. I just have them together. Two yeah. fucking awful things. You can just have them together. <laughs> But no, just a comment real quick. Yeah, Sid Haig was the first uh, actor celebrity I met. Of course, I've met some bands and stuff. You know, they do the signing yep. tables at Fest and stuff. But uh, uh, Sid Haig was the first actor I met at a convention at Scares That Cares a couple years back. And yep. he was, like, super nice. It was uh, amazing meeting him. And honestly, yeah. him is what, like, made me, like, want to start going back to conventions and everything. Of course, but you said, uh, I'll be honest, even as much as I love meeting celebrities and everything, my favorite part is the vendors as well. But Yeah, man. It is funny, but <laughs> it's great. Like, like shopping the vendors, seeing like, you know, original shit that you can't find elsewhere. Like, yeah. you know, shit that people made like DIY, like fucking artwork and stuff like that is great. Um, but it is also great to meet a celebrity who turns out to be awesome. Yeah. Like there's nothing better. Like, you know, especially you're like, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Sid Haig because of, you know, fucking the big birdcage and like black exploitation movies. Like, yeah. you know, you're a fan of him because of Rob Zombie movies. So, yeah. like, to be a fan of those movies and meet him and have him actually be fucking super cool is awesome. Yeah, that's no like there's nothing better. Like, like when I first met Pam Greer, I I was fucking blown away. I was like, <laughs> she's the fucking coolest chicken. It's goddamn Pam Greer. Like, yeah. that's it. It's a bum out when you meet somebody who is either just a prick or like kind of like you can tell doesn't want to be there and you're like you know especially if it's somebody you really like liked you're just yeah. like dude this is a fucking bummer like thankfully i've 
never I've had I've had instances meetings celebrities that were dickish but it wasn't anybody I really cared about yeah so I was just like fucking whatever like like we had in all six years of Connecticut Horror Fest we've only had one guest that was and I'll say it because I'll because he'll never see me in person again I don't think an asshole yeah um and that was uh Oh, fucking why can't i think of his name fucking bridge from bridgeport connecticut actually from my fucking hometown um Mike, michael michael jai white um oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah who played I've spawn he, he played spawn you know he was in uh heath ledger's uh batman movie he was one of the fucking the he's, mob guys he's an arrow yep absolutely yeah and you know, I'm I'm hesitant to say that he was a dick because he's also like a master of several karates yeah. and would fuck me up royally. But he was an asshole, man. Like yeah. he showed up to the convention with like no pictures, like to sign, like just grabbed one of our random people and was like, yo, fucking go to Staples and like buy me fucking four hundred copies of this picture or whatever. And we're like, What the fuck? Like you didn't come with your own shit. And then he like left early. He's like, he's like, fuck this. Y'all put me like in a corner. Yo, you're right next to Doug Bradley. Like, what do you mean? We put you in a corner. You're, you're next yeah. to like Doug Bradley, dude. Like you're, he was in between Doug Bradley and Felissa Rose. Like, I don't understand what the problem is with your placement. And he just like, packed... people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And he like, he'd like packed up. He wasn't even to tell us he was leaving. He like had his shit packed up a suitcase and he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going. And we're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, I'm not going to stop you because I can't, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to get an ass whooping over here. And so, like I said, at least, you know, I've heard um, tales of Tom Savini being uh, a dick to people. Yeah. Um, but I can honestly say I've met Tom, I think, three times, and he's always been super fucking cool. Oh, yeah. um, he's, he's not the most outgoing personality. And so I kind of, like, feel like, people take that as as he's like cold yeah but he's just not he's not like a huge personality like tom savini's just kind of like a normal everyday amazing fucking artist yeah. you know and with an amazing history of work but still just kind of like a normal dude like he's not like like honestly one of the best people we've ever had was the dude who played t-dog yeah. Like the nicest fucking dude in the world. Like, like hugging everybody. And that's not, that's not who Tom Savini is. He's not. So I think people sometimes take that as like, he's got an attitude, but yeah, that's not, that's not him. I think he's just a normal dude. Uh, and I hate when people have bad experiences with, especially, like I said, a celebrity they actually like. Yeah. Like I didn't care about Michael Jai White being a dick. Cause I was like, whatever, you know, yeah no big deal but it bumps me out when i hear people tell a story about somebody they actually looked up to when they meet them and they were like fucking actually uh i got one bad story and it oh was, there it is <laughs> it wasn't a dick so I, like because i actually didn't meet him but it was uh i went to raleigh supercon to or was it raleigh supercon or charlotte either way it was like three to five four hours away and i went to meet uh john cusack and get my high fidelity record signed by him oh uh, it started at nine and after, at about ten fifteen, he still wasn't at his table. Ron Perlman was to the left of his table there. George Takai was to the right. And uh, his boss was out there. Like uh, he was the only person who had an assistant out there bossing around the assistant that's like given to you by the con. And she was like changing the price and making it more expensive. 
And then like, so we just like, I told my wife, I was like, I'd rather kind of go meet some nicer people. You know, I met Jason Muse, amazing. He actually let me interview him and everything. He's like, great, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we met, um, fuck, I cannot think of his name right now and it bums me out. But uh, the guy that does the voice of Oogie Boogie, we met him. Um, oh, uh, Chris Sarandon. No, that's no, uh, that's not Chris Sarandon. He does the voice of um, Jack Skellington. Yeah. yeah, it's Jack Skellington. I can't, I don't know who does the voice of Oogie Boogie. Yeah, we have his autograph somewhere, but it's not. That's all right. Awesome guy, but we met a bunch of cool people, and it was just a bummer because apparently, like, uh, like you know, that was nine o'clock. We walked away finally at ten fifteen because we we're like, let's just go do other stuff. We might come back, and uh, it was already ridiculously priced. And then once they didn't come on the intercom until like twelve thirty, and say John Cusack is finally at his table, I told my wife, I was like, I've already spent too much money. I ain't going back. <laughs> like, what was what was he charging? Uh, I think it was eighty dollars for an autograph, and then uh, eighty dollars for a picture. But you couldn't. There was no deal. There was like you no, there no, no. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a buck sixty if you wanted both. Yeah. Holy See, like, shit! Like I met Nev Campbell, and uh, she was a little pricey, I would say. Yeah, she's but, expensive. But she was super sweet. She was. I heard nice. that. So uh, it was kind of worth it. Like my wife asked her about the new craft movie, and she talked about it. Like you know, she asked yeah. if she was going to be in it, and she said no. She was like, you know, we're not cameoing in it because it didn't make sense. So she was like honest about it and everything. It was pretty cool. So I've heard she's. I've heard she's really sweet. I've never met her. Yeah. Um, but I know she's fucking pricey. She does. Uh, she's done Monster Mania uh, here, cl- close to here in New Jersey. Yeah. And I remember seeing her price and was just like, holy shit. Yeah, Matthew Lillard. On the other hand, other hand though, I, I would have to say is like the top-notch guest. Like to that's that's what I've heard. He, um, we had him as one of our guests for two days ago for the con yeah. that we were supposed. To, he was supposed to be uh, one of our guests two days ago. We were supposed to have him, uh, the whole cast of the first Blair Witch Project. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, right. Like that's fucking dope. Um, what's funny? I don't remember most of our guests now. Uh, Michael Berryman uh, was supposed to be there um you started worrying about it too much as an event because i did dude concert. like like i kind of because it wasn't happening i kind of fucking yeah. blocked it out like no, i don't remember not. like we had a like a solid guest list leading up to it but um you get bummed out if you think about that stuff too much yeah dude like and we're tr- which is why i was kind of trying to talk rob and christine out of canceling <laughs> it back in like fucking you know may and they were 100 percent right i was being like you know i was i was i was thinking with my heart not my head and they were thinking yeah. smart but we're trying i know that they're hard at work uh trying to keep pretty much the same guest list so hopefully they're able to oh yeah um because i i've heard i've never met matt lillard but i heard he's amazing yeah, i heard he's i heard he's just one of those really out outgoing type guests like yeah he didn't sit down the whole time and uh he doesn't shy away from doing the shaggy voice for kids and <laughs> that's great he like signed our record and then asked me if i was going to use the record and i said yes without like thinking which i'm not really going to i'm gonna you know frame everything but yeah i guess he was about to like write on the record itself but when i said yes i had a scream hat on and he grabbed that and signed it too so you know they charge per item so it's like you know when they sign something for free that's just them being genuine and nice you know so yep yep you know who was like that um i mean one obviously one of the perks of connecticut horror fest is i don't most of the times i don't have to pay i've had i've had a few still charge me even though like they can obviously see i'm helping them i've helped you throughout the day like i'm helping you run shit like yeah but i don't if they ask for money i just give it to them and i'm like fine but the vast majority don't make me pay so like that's one of the perks of of being part of connecticut horror fest Hmm. but you know obviously i've gone to a lot of conventions where um you know people are charging and dude uh Herschel, uh, fucking Scott, uh, Scott Wilson, Herschel from the walking dead okay. was yeah. just walking through the convention floor. And so I was wearing, uh, my friend Frankie 
had shirts made that said um, it was in the Masters of Reality Black Sabbath font. It says, I like my uh, I like my coffee how I like my Sabbath. <laughs> um, and D. Snyder was there and he saw it that day and was like, dude, I need a fucking picture with that shirt. And same thing with uh, Scott Wilson. He's like, come here, man. We'll take a picture together. I was like, dude, you're fucking awesome. Like, that's oh, fucking yeah. incredible. And while we were taking a picture, um, the other dude who was on the show for a minute and of course was in Rob Zombie movies, Lou Temple yeah. was like, hold up. Don't wait. Don't take the picture. Let me get in it. I was like, this is fucking amazing. You guys are great. Uh, I love when celebrities are like that, man. Like yeah. just super cool. Like, you know, I mean, listen, it's a business. They're there to make money, but you know, a lot of them, Michael Rooker was really cool like that. Yeah. Um, good things about him. Yeah, dude. I ran into him at the Starbucks uh, near the convention hall. And he's like, yo, horror dude. Like he recognized me. Uh, Cause I was actually a vendor at one of these fucking conventions and, uh, yeah. and just fucking chatting. It's just a really cool down to earth dude. And he's like, Oh man, you're a walking dead fan. I'm like, not as much as I am a fucking Henry portrait of a serial killer fan. Yeah. And he was like, he, he kind of got a weird look. He's like, Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I kind of got the feeling he might not like talking about that movie or something. So I just dropped it. I didn't, I didn't pursue it. Yeah. But uh, I am a huge fan of that fucking movie. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Dude, conventions are great. Meeting celebrities is great, especially when they, when they turn out to be cool. When, when the experience turns out to be what you hoped it was. Yeah. You can't, you can't ask for any better. And especially in the days where, you know, a lot of these celebrities are charging charging a good amount for yeah. an autograph and a picture. Um, if it's a good experience, it goes a long way. It makes it makes that sting on your wallet a lot easier. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what we when we're when we're putting together a guest list, or Rob and Christine or Connecticut Horror Fest are putting together a guest list. You know, they're thinking, and I'm thinking a lot of like, you know, who have we heard is a good guest? Who's with good with the people? Like. Dude, there's some names that we have not brought in just because we've heard stories and yeah. we're like, you know, I don't, we don't want that. We want, we like to try to run a, a really close knit old school convention with guests who want to meet their fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, uh, you know, we've got some guys on the staff, uh, John and Nick, especially who literally go to every fucking convention within like 200 miles of themselves so like and i mean they go like they meet like fucking everyone like fucking Dolph lundgren and like so like we're always just like all right guys what have you know what's your fucking history with that and they're like fucking great person blah 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 so like we're always trying to think of like not just like who's a cool guest and who haven't you seen everywhere but but who is a really good experience for the fans you know yeah that's that's kind of what it's all about man making making a great experience for people because it's it's somebody's first convention right yeah. it's somebody's or or it's somebody with their kids first convention or you know it's somebody's first time meeting uh, a celebrity from a horror movie you want that to be a positive experience man yeah you don't want it to be shitty so you try to you try to think of that when you're planning these type of things now i know exactly what you mean uh real quick before i let you go i do want yeah. to say uh Bill Mosley was an excellent guest as well. Robert yep. Patrick from Terminator bailed the week before. Uh, it was something like important. It, I can't remember what it was now, but it was actually like they actually said, you know. Yeah. But uh, that happens. That happens. But luckily, Bill Mosley joined last minute, and when he was there, his prices were still like crazy cheap. And yep. uh, I don't know if it was because I got him to sign something with Sid's signature on it as well. 
But uh, when I got him to sign it, he pulled out a whole nother poster that was like, you know, professionally printed and everything and signed another one for free. So it was like, yeah, you know, I was he's just like, hell yeah, man. He's a sweetheart, man. We had him yeah. a few years ago. Um, fucking he's on, he's another Connecticut dude, man. He's a Yale New Haven grad. Oh, hell yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> he graduated from Yale. Uh, so also a super smart fucking dude, obviously. Yeah, I knew that. But yeah. Um, another great guest. Great with the fucking fans. Um, yeah just a real sweetheart dude he i have a friend i don't know if you've ever seen me mention this podcast mobile horror companion yeah. um but they're the two of these dudes who who run it carlos danger and brian spears uh run mobile horror companion brian is uh, a special effects guy he's worked on uh he worked on depraved he, he did all the special effects for depraved he does a lot yeah. he does a lot of uh the marvel netflix stuff he does a lot yeah. of shit he did uh Stakeland with danielle harris okay like, yeah, he does some big fucking movies. Their favorite Texas Chainsaw is part two. Yeah, like, same. And, and they will fucking fight you. Like, they're like, no bullshit. Two is better than one. So I just, personally think so myself, to be honest with you. But. Dude, you should, you should probably be on their podcast or them <laughs> on yours. You guys will have a fucking blast. I had Bill, I told Bill Mosley that. I was like, yo, my friend's fucking, I had Bill Mosley tape like a three minute video telling them that hey thanks for thinking that yeah but <laughs> but <laughs> the original is a better movie <laughs> uh but he's just dude super fucking super cool guy man I, and yeah. I, I fucking love people like that and you're right like he's one of the him and sid were always one of the cheaper ones like sid's like yeah. sid was like 20 bucks like everybody around him like is fucking 60 70 dollars and sid's like bullshit 20 dollars yeah uh, that's what and, it was i met him free selfie right so I was going to say in free picture, yeah. uh, Mosley's around the same, like 25, 30, yeah. um, you know, fucking, and that's great. Dude, we had Tobin Bell last year and Shawnee Smith and, and they were fucking great. I just, you know, just great people make for a great experience for people. And that's, that's all you really want, man. Yeah. I'm glad you've had some, you've some, had some good experiences with, with, uh, with those folks and, and not with John Cusack. That's a problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a bummer. I love Cusack. How can you be like a child of the '80s like I am and not love? Yeah, John Cusack. Fucking say anything. Like, let's hope that uh, it was just you know, like there was you know, maybe uh, yeah, maybe he was stuck in not being a dick. You know. But I appreciate you coming on, man. Do you want to remind everybody of all the horror stuff you do? You know, like what it's called and where they can find it. Absolutely, man. And thanks for having me, dude. Of course. Um, I love I love the uh, the idea behind your podcast you know fucking hardcore music and horror yeah um you know it, there's there's a big correlation there dude like mostly everybody that i've been in fucking bands with dude jamie jamie Josta's a huge horror fan like yeah. i don't know if he how much he talks about it or whatever but like him and i used to fucking chat horror movies and just like like weird movies like dude i remember like sleeping on his fucking couch and he's like making me watch like woody allen's what's up tiger lily and i'm like dude i just want to go to sleep bro like fucking like like i'm like 20 and you're like 16 like can i just go to fucking sleep like yeah. <laughs> um like he's a like he, like you know that so that correlation is like really cool that you're doing that man i really i really think it's a great idea i appreciate um, that man yeah you got it um so for me um you can check me out um at horrornewsnetwork.net you know i do reviews i do lists i do interviews for horror news network you know the site is kind of like we like to refer to it as the cnn of horror um yeah. for a i don't want to call a small um we've been around for a long time but you know yeah. we're not we're not corporately backed nobody's fucking paid it's like literally like 
six or seven people guys and girls who just love horror and we, we do our best to get the news out there as quick as possible and get the reviews out there um so just check us out you know i, I think you'd like the website oh, yeah. um cthorror.com uh connecticut horror fest like i said we had to miss this year but we'll be back uh next year as long as we're all not dead of some fucking global pandemic you know yeah. as long as captain trips and the stam doesn't fucking happen um we should uh we should be back next year with a with a killer show um so stay tuned for that that's that'll be next september and also um connecticut cult classics.com is uh where i run the uh the double features out of and you can also find on that website pictures from past shows i have a link with all of my reviews and lists and interviews and shit you can check out videos of me interviewing the people from halloween and the people from saw and stuff like that um danielle yeah. harris and so that's all up there those are the three uh main websites to check out and uh, again, man, thanks for having me. Um, I really love, like I said, what you're doing. Hardcore and horror is is what I what I know, man. That's yeah. what I, you know, it's what I came up with, and uh, it's what I still uh, still love to do and talk about and listen to. So I really appreciate you doing what you do. Oh yeah, man. No, I appreciate you coming on. No problem, man. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening, and make sure you check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only Dan Coderre, guitar player of the band Set Your Goals. And usually I always try to ask my guests about a horror story of their own. And uh, unfortunately, I kind of had a brain fart and forgot to ask Larry about his. So I just had him send me it over in a little soundbite. So it's going to be at the end of the interview. So just uh, listen you know, through to the end and you'll hear his little horror story. So thanks again for listening. Make sure you go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out Loudmouth Threads to do this awesome original podcast artwork and stay safe. All right, so this is place in... Uh Connecticut, upstate Connecticut, um, past Kent, or actually maybe part of Kent, called Dudley Town. Um, you can read about it. Uh, you can check it out online. But um, the story is that Dudley Town was a uh, an early settled town um, from some guy Dudley from England, um, and the town was cursed. Uh, I don't remember why, but there is a reason that you can you can read about. And the story goes that people in the town started seeing things, seeing demons running in the streets. Um, people started disappearing. And legend has it that the last family that stayed in Dudley Town, um, his wife, the guy's wife went insane, that his kids went missing, and then he finally left. And that was the last uh, person to actually live in Dudley Town. So Dudley Town is now basically just woods. Um, and so the you can still see like foundations where houses used to be and wells and stuff, but it's more like um, privately owned woods. Uh, it's actually owned by a company nobody really knows much about called the Dark Entry Society, which is a pretty damn creepy name for a group to own a bunch of woods. But anyway, um, the place is supposedly severely haunted um, by demonic entities and such. Ed and Lorraine Warren called it one of the um, most active demonic places they've ever visited. Um, so naturally, when I was a teenager, my friends and I used to go there every week. Um, it was tough to go there back then um, because you're technically not allowed. It is private property. You will get arrested. 
Um, I heard more so now. Back then, there was still, like, ways to park um, far away from the uh, the woods and kind of walk to them, and you would be okay. Um, but we would go there often, uh, take pictures, um, walk around, and, and, you know, you could tell that people had done stupid shit in there. There was, like, a giant rock that people had carved, like, a Ouija board on, and, like, you know, so people were trying to even make the place worse, if that's even possible. So I'll give you one story of one night we went up there, and it was, like, me and my normal crew, plus somebody else had bought a bunch of other people, uh, a bunch of girls, and um, everybody was being really loud, and... I'm sure we were, you know, a lot of them were drunk and they were just making a lot of noise. Um, so me and a couple people decided to like kind of hang back and let them go way ahead of us so we can see if we could hear anything or sense anything or whatever. Um, and what we would always do at Dudley Town is if we heard something, we would just, whoever had a camera that day, one of us would always bring a camera. We would just point a camera um, where we heard the sound and take a picture. Um, so like I said, we decided to let them go ahead. We, uh, we stopped at some rocks and sat down and started smoking cigarettes probably, uh, cause that's what long haired teenagers did in the eighties. Uh, and while we were hanging out, we heard what sounded like footsteps coming from behind us. And we turned around and didn't see anything, um, I took a picture, but we didn't really see anything. Uh, so we turned back around, started talking, smoking, and then we heard the footsteps again, but this time it sounded like they were getting faster. We turned around and looked and the leaves that were on the ground were sort of flying like up and away from the area where we heard the footsteps like running towards us so it looked like somebody was running towards us and the leaves were flying up but there was nobody there um so again we just we got up and we took off we ran caught up with the rest of the group and told them what happened most of them laughed the girls got scared the dudes were just laughing like we were fucking around or whatever um but when we did get the pictures back that we took there was some creepy shit on the pictures um, actually showed it to Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, they, they used to call me to try to get the, I would, I offered to give them the pictures. They used to do lectures all the time where they would show pictures from like Dudley town and union cemetery and other haunted places in Connecticut. And I offered to make them a copy of the pictures, but they really wanted the negatives. Um, they, they loved the pictures. I never gave them the negatives, but, um, that's a, that's a little Dudley Town story. Um, I do have other stories from like Union Cemetery and other places, but uh, that's one nice little Dudley Town story for you.